Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. So Senator Mark Warner, thank you very much for joining me. Gene, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. So um, let's jump into it. And before we get into uh, the actual legislation that you propose, this has to do uh, with CDFIs, Community Development Financial Institutions. So um, I'm going to ask you to insult my intelligence, at least, uh, and and other members of our audience and um, explain to us, first of all, what a CDFI is. We need to start there before we better understand the bill, if that's okay. A CDFI was a creation that came out of legislation back in the 90s that said, let's create a set of banking institutions or credit unions that focus at least 60% of their lending to low and moderate income individuals. Um, Oftentimes, these a lot of credit unions, some are traditional depository banks, some CDFIs or more CDFI funds where you know, there may be a redevelopment fund in a community that's trying to fix up a, a, a challenged neighborhood. Relatively speaking, it's been a pretty small niche, niche in the um, overall financing sector. But with the challenges around COVID, we saw when the economy being shut down, um, we saw government's response. Many of the much of the government response, uh, you know, was quite good. Uh, but a, a, a great example was the PPP program, which tried to get money out to small businesses in a way that was uh, relatively efficient through traditional, oftentimes smaller banks, community banks. What we found was that particularly minority-owned industry businesses, black and brown businesses oftentimes had maybe bootstrapped their business into existence and did not have traditional banking relationships. Yeah. Uh, and so we've, we actually working, this is one of the areas where I work very closely with the Trump administration and Secretary Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin was a great partner. And we said, we need to get some capital to these institutions, these CDFIs and MDIs. MDIs are minority depository institutions. And unfortunately, if we think about in the, in the Black community, most of those Black-owned banks had been washed out of, in the 2008-2009 recession. So literally only a couple dozen MDIs left, but there are you know, well north of a thousand CDFIs around the country. And one of the things that came through in some of the COVID relief was a $12 billion initiative, some grants and some tier one capital that could go into these CDFIs around the country that would give them more capability uh, to lend into these uh, low and moderate income communities. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you bring up the the whole unbanked. I, you know, I interviewed Senator Rubio um, a few weeks ago and, and wrote about it in The Hill, um, mainly because he, he admitted that was one of the big things that PPP kind of overlooked and he overlooked as well was that the number of small businesses, particularly minority businesses, that are either unbanked or underbanked, and they were missing out on on PPP funds. You know, you're absolutely right, Gene. Matter of fact, the numbers are pretty staggering. Um, we lost thousands of Black-owned businesses during COVID. You know, up to 35 percent of all the Hispanic-owned businesses during COVID. Now, the good news is we've got higher entrepreneurship rates post-COVID coming out of those communities, uh, but that 
failure to have a traditional banking relationship when you were pushing all this money through PPP ended up being a real burden. And I frankly don't, I don't criticize the community banks because you know they went to the, the first place they went when they had these funds was their existing customer base. Sure. So this is again, uh, I think we highlighted the, the, the COVID highlighted a problem that's been out there for a long time. I say this is a former entrepreneur myself, yep. somebody that um, uh, didn't have traditional access to capital, you know, shoring up and helping the CDFI community and building its capacity, I think is really one of the most important things we can do. And the, the $12 billion that, um, in, in, again, $3 billion in grants and roughly $9 billion in you know, direct equity-like investments, tier one capital investments in these institutions, that alone will increase the lending capacity for these 1,600 CDFIs about 50%. So it's a, it's a really good sector where we've we've stepped up the public sector but we also found even when all this capital is available we were way oversubscribed we literally had billions of dollars of additional need coming from the cdfi community and that's what leads to this legislation we're going to discuss right and i promise we will discuss this legislation but um one 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 other question for you. So in in Virginia, first of all, if you're listening to this conversation or watching this conversation, you're you want to learn and find out CDFIs that are near you. Uh, there's the CDFI Coalition, which is CDFI.org, and um, Senator Warner, you know, on that, you know, I, I was going through their website. So in Virginia, for example, right, there's the Fairfax County Federal Credit Union. That's a credit union. That's also a CDFI, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a nonprofit called the Capital Impact Partners in Arlington. And I'm, again, I'm not sure if you're familiar with these guys or not. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Right. So they're a CDFI as well, right? I mean, they, they, they take money and they invest in you know, financial services to businesses and to people in their communities as well. They're a nonprofit that does that. Um, and then also there was like a Piedmont Housing Alliance, which is in Charlottesville. And um, they they are a CDFI as well, and they provide counseling and housing and community development. They use the government funds to do that. So I guess I just wanted our listeners to, to just understand that there are these organizations. They can be financial institutions, credit unions. They can be nonprofit institutions. They can be housing initiatives um, that are all getting this money from the government and private companies too, which we'll talk about in a minute, and then turning around and trying to get this money out to small businesses and people in their community. Um, did I explain that right? Is there no, any- you absolutely did. And, and Gene, one of the ways that I you know, first got inter- introduced to this, um, uh, this community was back when I was governor. Yeah. Um, we were had, there were lots of very interesting opportunities on community redevelopment, but there was no Virginia-centric statewide uh, initiatives. So we started something called Virginia Community Capital that has turned into one of the large, the actually largest CDFI in Virginia. And in total, we've got roughly 25 more or less CDFIs around Virginia. But uh, for, for my fellow Virginians on the line, CDFI is, or I'm sorry, Virginia Community Capital is the largest institution in Virginia. And they, you know, they work with a lot of the smaller entities around. So, you know, they're a good starting point, even if you say, well, I'd love to, you know, I'm just in Northern Virginia, I'd rather do uh, with Capital Impact Partners. Sometimes, you know, Virginia Community Capital can help also hook you up with um, more localized CDFIs and MDIs. Okay, that is great advice. And one final question I have there, you mentioned about the $12 billion in funding. Um, you know, I, I wrote a couple times, both in the Inquirer and the Guardian, the Philly Inquirer is where I'm from, um, all about the state small business credit initiative, where 
it's, it's $10 million worth of funding that uh, was part of, I forget which stimulus bill that's now mm-hmm. starting to be released into the country to, you know, to, to all the states. And the, the $12 billion that you were speaking of earlier is different than the $10 billion under the SSBCI, right? That, that's even more money, I think, that's coming to. Yeah, and, and here's the, you know, I think the jury is still out um, on the SSBCI. You know, on the, the Small Business Credit Initiative, yeah. it is $10 billion. There's a lot of money, in, for example, in Virginia uh, for that, a couple hundred million dollars. But it, it's really, in my mind, I hope it's going to end up being a successful program. But again, I think it, it is, um, um, uh, again, I'll just leave it with the jury is still out. What we know by taking the $12 billion, $3 billion that were in competitive grants, and those go sometimes to help build up capacity or many of these institutions don't have a good back office or they don't have appropriate technology. So there was some funding there. But what I thought was the really unique, and this is again where I I was not a supporter of President Trump by any means, uh, but his Treasury Secretary was very forward leaning on this, where we said, let's go ahead and take nine, roughly nine billion of this and use it as tier one capital. So for every and if it's a banking institution in particular, for every dollar and this federal money that is long-term over 10 years, the government does have a right to get it back at some point, but for every dollar put out over that 10 year period, that dollar can be leveraged about nine or 10 to one. Yeah. So that, that, that $9 billion roughly will have about $90 billion of lending capacity. So those, you know, small businesses that are, that take your podcast, uh, look to Eugene as a, as a leader, you know, this is a, a much more leverageable amount and a much bigger deal than just, um, you know, a, a straight $9 billion grant program. Got it. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. So now, now to your bill, um, you, the money is coming to the CDFIs, you know, generally through the federal government, but these CDFIs, they do get a lot of support from uh, private capital as well. Um, and it seems like you want to be doing more to incentivize private investors to be investing in these CDFIs. And that's what your bill is all about. So it, it absolutely is. And I pre- that's a great setup. I mean, it, what happened was, again, with COVID, showing again so much of the community that was unbanked or underbanked that traditional banking institutions didn't get to, we've stepped up with this this effort. But at the same time during COVID, and we all remember the, you know, the brutal murder of George Floyd, when many, many businesses, you know, acknowledged uh, at the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement that they needed to do more to help particularly communities of color um, get access to capital. So you've, you basically have seen hundreds of Fortune 500 companies uh, say, we will do our part. Now, part of that problem is a lot of these companies have overpromised and underdelivered. Uh, but but there was at least a moment where companies were saying, we'll put private capital. We're, we're going to go ahead and put deposits in Black-owned banks. So right. Google did a very interesting uh, play where they they actually helped a, a CDFI be able to you know do some first dollar losses. The, the nature of lending into these low and moderate income communities is they are slightly more risky. And if and there's not in existing in existence right now, an ability to fully securitize all this debt the way we securitize traditional, you know, um, housing debt uh, with Fannie and Freddie. So, 
what what we've come up with, and it's bipartisan. Uh, my good friend Roger Wicker and, and Chris Van Hollen, Senator from Maine, and uh, Cindy Hyde-Smith, Senator from Mississippi, we've come up with an initiative that says, if you will invest long-term capital in a CDFI for roughly 10 years, we'll give you a 3% credit. If you invest it for over 10 years, towards 20, we'll give you a 4% credit, recognizing that the just basic rate of return for these investments in CDFIs, because they're serving an underserved community, may not be as high as uh, an investment, for example, in JP Morgan. So we're trying to balance things here a little bit. Sure. So this tax credit idea, bipartisan, we want to move on it. We also think as well, what dovetails nicely is that there will be, because there's a, a review going on around the Community Reinvestment Act, so-called CRA, which a lot of banks need to show um, you know, to maintain their banking charter. The CRA movement may move some of the banking capital into the CDFI market. The CDFI tax credit may move some of the traditional companies who may not be banking institutions, but who promised to do the right thing uh, at the beginning of the Black Lives matter movement, but they've not really figured out an avenue. And this tax credit may be a way to make that capital flow a little quicker. Got it. And and this bill, and I, it's called, I think it's called the Community Development Financial Institutions Tax Credit Bill. Is that right? right. Yes. Sir. Okay. Yes. And is that a, um, and this, this credit, it's really targeted for companies uh, that are going to be providing capital specifically to be used for minority owned businesses is that is that correct it's, it's not specifically for minority owned it is by definition if you go into a cdfi and and many of these cdfis for example in rural mississippi may be serving black communities they may be serving rural white communities the definition is more around you have to have at least 60 percent of your lending into low and moderate income communities unfortunately in our country you know there's that is disproportionately people of color. Yes. But it, it, this is not a minority investment only vehicle. This is for for underserved communities that, by definition, are you know low and moderate income. Uh, and one of the things I think that's important, particularly as we think about rural communities and in the West and elsewhere, uh, that maybe you know even predominantly white, but don't have the same kind of access to capital. Got it. So if, if I'm a small business owner, for starters, you know, black, white or brown, um, th- this bill itself is is really targeted towards the people with the big money. Right. The, the, the corporations, the larger companies to incentivize to put money towards these CD5. So this is not uh, th- this is not a bill specifically targeted at me as a small business owner. No, this is not going to go to you know, my pocket. Somebody who's got a barber shop that they're trying to double the size of. This will go though to the institutions where the barbershop, the hardware store, the new restaurant in an underserved community may say, gosh, uh, I'm a little bit riskier business. I got to get access to capital. Who's going to understand my needs in many communities, uh, the people who will understand those unique needs uh, of that struggling small business will probably be a community development financial institution, a CDFI. And if we can have then gotten more capital into that CDFI through this tax credit initiative, um, then that's going to give more capacity to that struggling barbershop, restaurant, uh, hardware store. Okay. And what are the prospects for this bill? This is a Senate bill. So uh, what what happens to it next? We're starting relatively modest. 
because we're saying you know we would give these tax credits in aggregate again you're only talking about three cents on the dollar or four cents on the dollar up to a billion dollars of value so i think it's you know in in, in dc speak that is a relatively small initiative right. yet it can also be leveraged so you know it's it's not if we have a billion dollars worth of tax credits it's going to create many, many times over, closer to 15 to 20 times that amount in actually credit that's given out to these struggling businesses. I think there's a pretty good shot because it is broadly bipartisan uh, that when we, at the end of each, end of each, I'm sorry, calendar year, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm on the finance committee. We do kind of a series of small ball uh, tax credit tax bills. And my hope is to see if we can get them into this year, into the year package. Okay, so if we look at it, you know, as something that could probably get through and pass by the end of this year, uh, this would benefit the CDFIs, those nonprofits, those financial lending institutions, uh, those community organizations that would then have hopefully, uh, you know, have more, you know, weaponry to go out to um, larger companies and say, you know, invest in us because you'll get this tax credit. Right which then gives them more capital, which then they can turn around and help the small businesses in their communities. Yeah, this becomes the the virtuous, people all talk about the virtuous circle. This would be a prime example of that virtuous circle where we are providing, you know, to institutions who service, by definition, low and moderate income communities, additional firepower to help lend into those communities. Because let's face it, the large, largest institutions, they do certain good things, but they're not going to be helping these struggling small minority-owned businesses or, or struggling rural-owned uh, businesses in a way they should. This is really putting capital on the front line and, and, again, hopefully letting more folks have the opportunity to pursue their own American dream. Yeah, I think that's great. And so final question then, um, you know, you, you, assuming this goes through, let's assume the capital continues to flow, to flows. Um, what would you say to your constituents in Virginia that are, that are small business owners um, that uh, want to take advantage of this potential financing as potential loans that they might be able to get from these organizations or help from these organizations. Uh, and the reason why I, I, I just, I wanted your final words on that was that one of the issues that I've had in covering this and that I'm a CPA. So I have a lot of clients in the Philly area that are minority owned clients and Senator Warner, sometimes, um, you know, you know, like you said earlier, there, there are hundreds of companies that are falling over themselves to do you know, to help out minority businesses. But in the end, it does take the business owner to, pick up the phone and go after this money. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they, you know, they, they've got to have that initiative to do it. So what would you say to those business owners? What I would say to those businesses is, you know, going out and borrowing money is always a scary process. Yeah. But, you know, it will become, I think, less frightening if you try to, you know, at least you want to try in your community, in your market, to go to a CDFI because by nature, those lending institutions are geared towards businesses like yours. And you can, you know, as easy as you said at the beginning, uh, Google CDFI coalition and, and they will show you, bank, uh, you know, those CDFIs in your state. In a place like Virginia, you could, let, you could go after Virginia Community Capital, that's the largest, and they can help lead you towards smaller institutions if you want somebody more on a regional basis. I really do think this is kind of back to, in a certain way, to old-fashioned lending where you need a, a banker, a credit union that actually knows your customer. And the truth is, larger institutions, 
Uh, it's sometimes just not worth that banker's time if they're only lending $25,000, $35,000, which may be all that the small business needs to get started or to do a small level of expansion. So we think this is not going to solve every problem in the world, but it is a tool in the toolkit. And if we can increase the capacity of, of these entities who have already decided that's their mission, I think that's good for all involved. The bill is called the Community Development Financial Institutions Tax Credits Bill, and I've been speaking to Senator Mark Warner from Virginia. Senator Warner, thank you very much for your time. I wish you the best of success. I hope this bill gets through. Thank you so much, Gene. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.